Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. Hey, it's Chris Coleman, and you're listening to Eating Habits. Okay, cool. So let's get into it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the new project. Sure. Cool. So yeah. you, you're you probably the only chef that I know of that is from Charlotte. Yeah. You're one of the only people I know that's from Charlotte. Yeah, there's not a there's there's, not My son yet. is the only person who's born here that I know yeah. who's yeah. from Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you're kind of like, you're, you're Charlotte's sweetheart chef. Okay. For sure. Sure. I mean, you have been in the media. Right. Since I moved here in, well, I don't know. I mean, when did I move here? Anyways, it's been a long time. Yeah. I would say since, I mean, where, when did it really start? Was it the Asbury mm. or the McNinch uh, house? I, like the last couple of years of McNinch, and then I did the pop-up uh, market kitchen thing for a year, and then opened up the Asbury. Right. And that's kind of when and that's it really when the, took Yeah, off. people were like, okay, Chris yeah. is our guy. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so that's good. Yeah. How, does that, how does that feel to be kind of like the bar of, you know, setting the bar for, for Charlotte chefs? Um, well, Thank you for that, but I, don't, I mean, I don't really feel like I'm setting the bar. I feel like there's a lot of other chefs who are doing a better job than me of that, but um, it is, you know, kind of humbling to think about having grown up here and grown up with the city and see what the city's become and be at, you know, kind of the forefront of that. So, you know, there was like this wave of chefs with like Mark and Gene and, and Bruce and like, uh, you know, the, the heavy hitters, right? <clears throat> Tam Grudy and stuff. Um, and then there we'll refer, we're going to refer to them as the old guard. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, that, that's, yeah. that, that group of chefs who are like, kind of like the, that were pushing the kind of chef owner, yeah. chef driven concepts back when we probably were yeah. getting our foothold. We'll consider them the old guard. Okay. So, okay. And, so there was the old guard and they were doing what they could do to kind of push Charlotte food forward, but none of them were from Charlotte. So that was like a little bit of outsider's perspective on what the city is or was. And then, you know, you had the, the guard, they came in after them, and that's you know that's you, that's me, um, that's probably Paul, that's you know Greg, um, and you know again I'm the only one of the group that's from here. Now you've got a group that's after us that's like starting that, that that's from here, right. you know, and they're really starting to push Charlotte. So it's it's been kind of fun to see the old guard what they did, us what we did, and then what these new chefs are doing to push it even further. So totally. That's interesting. You bring up a good point. The the new guard, right? So yeah. so the, so the cooks that have come up through our kitchens and have trained under us and have become managers in our restaurants, chefs in our restaurants, and are now, you know, going to, you know, take the next step yeah. Yeah. for for the Charlotte food scene. Um, how many how many of those people do you feel that came came through your kitchen? I know I I, I think I I read an or heard an interview or something from you when after Stoke opened yeah. and you were talking about your team and how lucky you were about the, you know, the team that you, that you got together right. um, for that, or were lucky enough to assemble yeah. for the opening. Cause that doesn't happen, right? Like you don't, you don't open with like a, a rock star team. The opening team at Stoke was hands down the best team of cooks I've ever had. Yeah. And uh, I mean, our, our opening team at Goodyear was really strong. Our team now at Goodyear is really strong, but that opening team at Stoke, I mean, Alex is now, 
uh, chef cuisine or sous chef at Kindred and is helping them with other stuff that they're doing. Mauricio went on to be a sous chef at Obstinate Daughter. He's not in the kitchen anymore. He took a job like cleaning boats in Charleston or something. Nice. He was, he was Actually, to get can, out you of that, give, can you give me his number? We're yeah, done, exactly. I'm on sale boat, so I'm going to need that. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Check. We yeah. got a note there. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Long is now my sous chef at Goodyear House. Um, Nick Aversa is now a sous chef up in uh, New York. At, small place justin brown went on to open up ardor in california that just i mean it shut down with the pandemic and now he's cooking on movie lots or something but you know like that team was insane yeah like it was yeah that's a that's an all that's a rock star team of like you know people that you can lean on that you could trust do you think is that why stoke was so successful out of the gates or was it part of the backing of the hotel like the infrastructure like how? I think it was a little bit of everything. I think that, you know, obviously I think the team was probably most of it. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, you go to restaurants to eat, right? And so you've got... It's like, the only reason I go. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you've got solid cooks, uh, you know, turning out food, then then it's going to be successful. So that was the big part of it. I mean, the, the, the restaurant itself was, was gorgeous. You know, we had a few things that working against us with like signage and stuff and that kind of stigma of the Marriott Hotel. You know, at the same time, it was unlike any other Marriott I've ever been to. And it was a fun project when we first opened. For sure. For sure. I mean, it was a beautiful restaurant too. Like really cool. Um, I don't know that, I, I think it might have been the first of its kind. I mean, maybe, did Noble have an open kitchen at Noble's back in the day? Yeah, I think he did. I only ever went to Noble's once, but I yeah. think he did have... I think was, I went there to interview with him once, yeah. and that was it. And I'd never been back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, he didn't hire me, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if it if it uh, if it had an open kitchen or not. Right. I don't think I got that far into it. Yeah. But but I think that like Stoke was like the kind of the first of its kind with this like demonstration kitchen where like you can see the entire operation happening. I remember being pretty impressed by that. Um, I a curse. You, <laughs> it was totally. a curse. I've never, and I've always said, like, you know, when we opened Five Church back in the day, I was like, I never. I mean, I was a raging lunatic. Yeah. Like, I'm still kind of crazy, but like, I was a lunatic. Yeah. Like, you know, like losing my temper and freaking out all the time, and like just a high strung dude. Um, and I never wanted to be, you know, seen <laughs> on display. Yeah, yeah. Display. yeah I didn't want that to be the show, right? right. Don't let them see the strings, yeah. you know, or yeah. the lack of strings or whatever. Um, but but I remember. You know, eating at Stoke and be like, wow, okay, these guys have a very good awareness of what's going on. They've got a good system in place where it it's calm, cool, everything's yeah. flowing. Um, so kudos you know what, to you on that. Thank you. You know what it is, though? Like, it was the minute we um, stopped thinking about us being in the open kitchen, that's when things started clicking. Gotcha. Because when we opened... We were trying to be like, okay, we're not going to like yell because we are in the middle of the dining room, so right. there's not going to be loud voices. We're going to try to keep, you know, the pots and pans clinging and clanking and stuff like to a minimum. You know, we're not going to be calling like for, you know, yeah. how long I'm at stake or whatever. Right. Um, and like we tried earpieces and shit so we could like talk yeah. to each other and mm-hmm. like after night how, one, how crazy was that? Oh, dude, after night one, yeah. it was like I'm not wearing yeah. this anymore. Yeah. Chef, like, I was chattering like, yeah, in my ear, like right. that's not that's yeah. not gonna help. So it was like. You know, a couple weeks in that we were just like, I just cook. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. Like, yes, you're on display, but don't worry about it. And yeah. Just cook. Be clean. Um, don't yeah, pick your be nose. Be clean. Exactly. <laughs> like, think about, like, what you say yeah. and, and how you say it. But, you know. Don't whatever. overthink it. Yeah. So, when, the minute we stopped, like, thinking that we were the show and just started cooking, yeah. that's when it started, like. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, and I, I came there like much after it opened too. Like I never go to a place when it first opens. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. And, I, and so I, it was like months after you'd opened, mm-hmm. and I went in, and I remember it was very controlled, and yeah. it was. I mean, it wasn't a crazy night. Right. It was probably. I mean, the dining room was maybe half full, if I remember right. correctly. So it wasn't super busy, but I mean, it wasn't a small restaurant either. I right. mean, there was a fair amount of tables was, in there. Um, one sixty. Yeah, that's only. big. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's bigger than five church. Yeah, that's, and five church gets out of hand. Right. Like we're, 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 we're actually just talking about yes, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Well, that that raises an interesting question. We kind of straight off, but I want to go back to the team. Sure. Um, because I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, being where I'm at now, yeah. Multiple restaurants. We just opened La Belle Helene. Um, we're opening another one in in a month. Yeah. In Nashville, and we just signed two leases um, in Denver. That's insane. Yeah, which is <laughs> crazy. That's for 2023. I mean, yeah. you know, and, you know, there's absolutely no way we would be able to do it if I didn't feel confident in the team that we have. Yeah. You know, because let's be real. I'm not in the kitchen cooking everybody's steak anymore. Right. That's just not happening. Yeah. And if people yeah, think that, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Right. You're not running the past. That's, not, right, yeah. that's not what's yeah. happening. And I, and I do run the past sometimes. Like I, I enjoy it. Like that's that's who I am. Yeah. Um. So you know, as much as I can, I'm in the kitchen. Like in one of the kitchens. You right. know, as a, I'm like the guest. Yeah. I pop yeah. in. I'm like, here we go, guys. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, oh, right? God. Yeah. Fuck, here, we go. here we go. This guy. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I really enjoy it. Um. You know. But I'm not doing that on a daily right. basis. The guys that I have in the, on the team are remarkable. Yeah. Um. You know, Adam has. He has just astounded me in his growth over. I mean, he's been yeah. with us for almost ten years. Yeah, you know, and um, he started with Noble. Yeah, came up as um, a line cook and then a sous chef for us. Now, you know, then the CDC executive right. chef, and now he's our regional culinary director. Right, he's basically doing the heavy lifting. You know, um, so that's that's remarkable. Tell me about a your team sure. and how do you assemble a team like that? Like, what is it that's important to you? Yeah. about the guys that you're bringing on that's the first part second part is um you know how do you grow them to uh, evolve them to keep them right. with the company and then and then moving forward so that you can do other things sure um because you guys are about to open your second location yeah, tonight actually tonight yeah holy <laughs> shit well, thank you we did yeah well we, did well, we gotta and... hurry no we're good we do did you need help and... do you need no. to go prep yeah, we're good we did friends and fam last night okay. and How'd it, go? Uh, it went really well I yeah mean, it was the smoothest friends and family i've ever done awesome this is the fifth spot that i've opened so okay um and it gets a little bit easier each time right right yeah um, the openings get easier but you know what though it's... the more you have yeah the like you can't be in two places at once oh yeah and i want to talk about that let's let's talk sure. about the team sure. first the team and first. then and then let's talk about and you can start thinking about this a little yes. bit. Is like, I mean, this is the first time you've had two locations yes. under your belt. Yeah, this is the difference. You know, and so I want to talk about what you're thinking about that. Yep. You know, what your fears are, what you, you know, how, how you think that's going to go. Right. Um, I have some experience with that, so I'm, I'm curious what, you, what your perspective yeah, I've, is. I've called you a couple of times. Yeah, about yeah. That, so. and, and it's an open, you can call me yeah, whenever. I'm yeah. happy to share. So let's start with the team sure, the and then team. let's roll into that. Yeah, so, good. you know, at... When we were assembling, like since we we talked about Stoke already, when we were assembling the team at Stoke, it was kind of like um, everything fell into place. Like I had these two guys at Asbury, Tyler and Mauricio, that I mentioned that I knew I wanted to bring on, so brought them on. Um, 
one up in Chapel Hill had just closed and their AM sous chef needed a job um, and was willing to come down to Charlotte. So I snagged him to be our sous chef. There. How did you, how did you, did you know him or did you, so or, or, I knew, like how did you find him? Yeah, I knew um, I had done an event with um, uh, Kim and Daniel uh, at one up in uh, Raleigh uh, like a year or two before we opened Stoke when I was still at Asbury and um, they announced they were closing. I just reached out to Kim and said, Hey, if you have any staff that's looking like we, you know, we're I'm about to open this new restaurant. And they said, well, actually our AM Sue, you know, needs a job and he's not tied down to any city. And I was like, let's Sweet. meet up. That's you know? super so, lucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and that was just, and then he had a friend, Nick, and then who was working up in, uh, at 21C in Durham at the time and was like, I can get him to come down for sure. You know, and then we kind of had like some holdovers from the old Marriott Hotel um, restaurant that were actually really solid and kept them. So that was kind of like everything just clicked and fell into place. Um, so opening Goodyear, I was like, that was lots of planning, right? Um, yeah. So I knew a few months before I left Stoke that I was going to do this thing um, and talked to Tyler, who was my line, you know, a line cook there. Um, who was worked with me at Asbury, followed me to Stoke, and I was like, okay, you're going to be my Sue at Goodyear House, so get ready. Yeah, prepare and yourself. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> make like, whatever arrangements you, you have, have to no make. Choice. Yes. <laughs> you make your arrangements. Um, and I was like, I, I need a second Sue, and we had just hired um, Raquel Areola, who had worked um, with Dave at Fahrenheit and worked helped open that Pokies shop for the Lovecchia crew and mm -hmm. did some other stuff. Um, and she was super talented and badass. And then and Tyler was like, you need to have her come on too. And I'm like, yep, that sounds good, I love her. Um, so got her on. And then it was the same kind of thing. It's like, okay, guys, who do you know that we can get in the kitchen? So yeah. they're like, well, I worked with this guy and I worked with this guy and I worked with this chick over here. So let's let's call them. And then, you know, it's like we're not poaching, but we're like putting bugs in here. Like, <laughs> sure. Hey, we're opening a restaurant. Like, yeah. uh, if you're, you're looking, looking for a job, change, yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. for a change, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> And then uh, we had a few people who left Marriott and her ask me, like, hey, can I come with you? And I was like, sure. Um, we've picked up a few people since then that I had worked with at Stoke who came on after we opened. So, you know, it's kind of like just building those relationships. And yeah. that's what it's all about. For when sure. You're building a team is like yep. building relationships and then they have relationships and it kind of just all splinters out, you know. And you, you know, respect breeds loyalty. And I, and that's like the, the number one thing for me in all my kitchens is mm -hmm. like, you, you have to respect everyone that works for us and with us. We have like a set of core values for our restaurants and one of them is run fast. And when you, when you take that further, it's, it's run fast to help the guests, but run faster to help your team. Mm -hmm. Um, respect leaves loyalty. You help each other out. We've all got each other's backs. Mm -hmm. They're going to follow you wherever you go. If you show them respect and you treat them like human beings and not just, you know, worker three dash seven, one, two. So, right. totally. um, you know, so that's, that's huge for me. Is, yep. You know, so then opening old town down in rock Hill, um, same kind of story. Like I had hired this guy at Marriott before I left, who was running our in-room dining program. Um, Wesley Tremaine, super talented guy. Love, love Wes. We're like peas in the pod. Um, and Tyler at Goodyear was like, you might want to reach out to Wes. He might be interested in, in your chef de cuisine position down there. So I reached out and he was like, let's do it. And then uh, he was like, what about Sam Gomez for sous chef? And Sam was our, our sandwich guy at Coco and the director inside the Marriott. And like, you know, his personality is bigger than this room. And he's like so much fun to be around. He's also a super talented cook, but has like no leadership experience. So it was like, 
let's get him in. Let's see what he can do. And, and so far, he's clicked with everyone and, you know, staffing up the second restaurant in the middle of the, the pandemic recovery and, like, with the labor struggles that we're yeah. all having right now has yep. been challenging and still challenging. I mean, I had – I was fully staffed the Friday before we started training on Monday. And when we started training on Monday, I had lost three people. So in the span of two days, I had lost three do, of do the you, eight Do folks. you know why? Well, one um, – had a basketball injury and he's like in a sling and he's going to come back and work for us after he has surgery. Mm -hmm. Another guy had another medical emergency. So that kind of took him out of training, but I think he's going to get back in this weekend with us. We had two j people just not show up like yeah. for training. Like we, we get a lot through, of that. We went through interviewing, we hired them. They came for a couple of like info session type things. But when it was time to get in the kitchen, they were like, no shows. It do you, do you think that some of these people mm -hmm. are, showing up to these interviews and doing that to require as requirements for unemployment. Yeah. I've heard, a lot, I've heard that buzz and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a total optimist, right? I'm like, ah, yeah, like, me too. What? I'm like, me too. No, no, no. Like, you know, it's just some people are the right, you know, wrong right. fit. And like, I just make up all these excuses, but yeah. I'm starting to think that maybe there's something to it. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Cause I'm, I'm the same person. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, no, no. I mean, I look for good in everyone. Yeah. I'm like there's, there's, they're not doing that. That's like that. They wouldn't do that. But, I do think that, especially for us down there, you know, everyone who works for us down there is from Rock Hill, York, Fort Mill. So they haven't cooked in a lot of like really good kitchen. There's only one guy on my entire team who went to culinary school. So I think it's more just after finding out who we're going to be and that we're a scratch kitchen. And even though it's like kind of home cooking and like, really super simple food there's still a lot of technique involved sure and that just scared them because they're they haven't done that before right. so you know so you're thinking it might be it's just a, the, the underqualified people that are a little it's a little intimidating it's a little, it's a little intimidation maybe so is that is that we'll get back to we'll get back to sure that. okay i want to talk about the food over there <laughs> yeah um because that, that, that's i mean I mean, that's what I'm really interested mm -hmm. in. But getting back to okay, so but getting back to the team. Yeah. So, what is the most valuable trait? And like, you you've got good people that work for you. Yeah. Um, and people that like working with you. You're a likable guy. I would work with you in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, I've worked with you in the past doing right. stuff. So I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. But what what about the people? Yeah. Is is it that's most important to you to have on it's, your team? Um, having a great attitude and being coachable. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, we can train anyone how to you know do small dice carrots, you know, give totally. me, give me like four, four quarts of small dice carrots and yeah. you know, they'll, they'll get it. By the um, eighth quart, they'll get it. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, if you come in like set in your ways and like not willing to, to change and not willing to be coachable, then like, you're not going to fit. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's that respect thing again too, because you know, if you show up, if you've got a great attitude, if you're coachable and you respect everyone, then you're going to do well in, in any kitchen that I'm a part of. Yeah, so. I would agree with that too. I mean, like, I think positivity is like one of the things yeah. that is like one of our mantras, right? It's like yeah. we just we, we've been doing this long enough yeah. in our own environment, yeah. like not for somebody else in other toxic environments right. where like we just have zero tolerance yeah. for negativity. Well, and what's, like people come in like bitching and moaning or complaining. I'm like, just like I don't want to be around you. Yeah, I spend my entire world here. Right. 
and I don't want you a part of it. Yeah, so go right. <laughs> do that somewhere else. Right. No hard feelings. Yeah. What's well, funny is that like through this whole process of like opening Goodyear, we had you know one or two people join our team that were maybe not like the most coachable people. Um, they were definitely doing it for a paycheck. Yep. Right? But through this process, they're solid cooks. We mm-hmm. kept them around. We were like, we can turn them around. Yeah. And, and over the course of a year or so, we've done that. Like, we had this one guy who has been with us since the beginning. He came on because he's our junior Sue's roommate. So it was like that relationship thing. Right. Again. Um, and he just, like, some days, like, just had this, like, terrible attitude. But he, he didn't would want listen. to be there. He didn't want to be there. Yeah. But he would listen, and he would get through a shift and make good food. Right. Um, we kept him around. and And now he's like one of the brightest spots in the kitchen. Um, so, so we kind of turned him around a smidge. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. good good for you because yeah. that is that to me is that's a huge feat and a testament to your leadership abilities to be able to turn somebody into a productive, positive, inspired cook. To me, that's the most difficult thing about what I do. Yeah. That's pretty much my role now, right? Like in right. our in our group, I'm I, I'm there for inspiration. I'm there to train, get our people engaged, right. and and get and get the most out of them. And that's not easy to do, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, it's not. And I'm and I'm not great at it. Like I'm learning. I think I'm pretty good at it, but like I'm not like some wizard. Like I'm not yeah. I, you know I'm not a life coach. I can't like. Right. Do all that. Do you have any tricks or or do you have a strategy that you use, a guide, like a guideline that's like, hey, this is how I reach people. This is how I inspire people. This is what works for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it's more about just taking some time to get to know someone and, and figure out what makes them tick and, and feigning interest if I have no interest in it at all. You know, like, yeah. oh, so you like the... Cleveland Cavaliers. Cool. Let's talk about that whole LeBron situation. Like, I don't care about it. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, don't, I don't care about the NBA or, or Cleveland. But, you know, so it's kind of like it, it all. And I said it a couple of times. And so I'm beating a dead horse here. But it's respect. And it's like finding out what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, we we operate as a management group under this um, EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And a big part of that is finding the right people for the right seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have the right person on your team, but they might be in, in, the, in, in seat, the wrong role right? in the wrong or the role. Yeah. So like, okay, you started here, you're not really a good fit for here, but let's try you over here and then it clicks, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so it's it's just taking time to find out what people, you know, mm-hmm. are into and what makes sure. them tick and then showing them that you care about them, you know. Yeah. So that's totally. That's the easiest thing. Good deal. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. It's the hardest thing is the easiest thing. Yeah. You know? I, I totally agree. I think I think connecting with people mm-hmm. and developing that trust. Yeah. Like I think that's one thing I, I've I've talked to my team about this a lot. Um, I think like a, I think I had like a therapist or something one time like have give me this this book called Code of Trust. Mm-hmm. And it was written by an old like not old, he a CIA, an ex CIA spy, yeah. basically. And he, he was a counter espionage specialist. So his job in the field was basically to identify, you know, foreign spies. Right. And then basically befriend them and turn them into assets for the government. Wow. Okay. And he, and he divulged <laughs> and, said, and, this, and the book is, so the book is, but the most important thing is the code of trust is like this like five step system. Yeah. And it's all about just like, first of all, being straight up. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not fooling anybody. Right. Spies know you're like, they all know that they're like right. spying on each other. Yeah. But it's basically like being straight up honest with them. Yeah. 
like being genuinely like understanding of their position and then earning their trust. Like they know, they know you're on the other side of things. Right. But if you align your goals with whatever their goals are, right. right? Like you have one goal for your thing. They've got a different goal in their life. If you can understand what that is and somehow align what you guys are looking for, then you can make it work. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, and I took that and I've applied that to kind of my strategy where like, you know, there's a lot of people that work for me. I have no, yes. yeah, I have yeah, nothing yeah. in common with. Right. But if I can understand where they're coming from and somehow figure out how that aligns with what I'm doing at the restaurant or right. whatever, then we can make it, yeah. you know. Well, and, and like you just hit on something about being honest and, and building that like relationship of trust, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know people, showing them respect, all the stuff I've been talking about. Yeah. doesn't mean that you're just like, you know, coddling and yeah, no. hand the whole time. Like, For sure. You have to be completely honest with them about the job they're doing. The and expectation. Doing, and if they're doing great, then we celebrate. And if they're not, then we have to get them up to, this, to the level that we expect. Yeah. Um, How do you do that? What's your, so I'm curious because yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried many different strategies yes. <laughs> over the years. And, and in the early years, it was mostly like, raging yeah. and screaming and yelling because I didn't know any other way. I was yeah. a terrible manager. I didn't well, know what I was doing. came up under the old guard. Yeah, yeah. Right. I came on under like some hardcore, yes. like... Yeah. Well, especially in New York. I'm yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Sota Kuhn was the chef at Le Cirque 2000 mm-hmm. when, I, when I was working there and Andrew Carlini, who's now like a mega mogul right. of U.S. chefs, um, was a sous chef. Yeah. And so I worked under Andrew there and that's where that relationship started. But Sota didn't really speak English very yeah. well. He spoke French and Cambodian. Okay. And so he would scream at us. And like some of the only words that he knew, I was working, I, like I worked literally right next to Sota on like in the, in the kitchen as an entremetier. And he would scream at me. He'd be like, you the dog? Get in your cage, dog. <laughs> and like throw shit at me and stuff. And yeah. I was just like yeah. on my station like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know, I could barely understand this guy. And he was just like berating me all night. And I was like, right. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What am I doing here? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so yes, that's how I learned, yeah. and um, and I didn't know any other way. Yeah, what I learned after a couple of years at Five Church was just like that strategy doesn't work. Doesn't work. It just doesn't, it doesn't work, work, and I had to like, and that was that was probably the hardest lesson that I've learned over this this kind of like tenure was like I have to change my yeah. strategy, and that that meant I had to work on me. Yeah, it wasn't me changing them. I had to be like, all right, I need to find a new way to reach right. people, a new way of being, which is hard when you know habits are hard to break. Right. So what is, like, how do you discipline or, yeah. you know, when people are fucking off and not doing what you want to do or working to the standards that you have, how do you approach that? Yeah, well, is it your temper? Uh, no, I don't. I, um, you know, one of my cooks at Asbury said that I had the dad look. Like, I would, oh, I would give someone, thing. yeah, a oh, disappointed oh, dad oh, look man. that I, that, like, they knew, you know, if I did, like, blow up and, like, shout or raise my voice or slam something they were like he'll get over that but if he looks at me with like a disappointed dad look then i've really messed yeah. up yeah you know oh, i gotta change, so, my, I gotta change yeah. my game real yeah quick. so you know but um <laughs> once you've built that relationship with someone you can build that really quickly mm-hmm. i mean you can build that in like you know a week tops mm-hmm. um honestly where you can get someone on your side once you do that then you know you can just what we do is we just talk to people about, okay, this is what 
you need to improve. We need to improve your speed or your organization. And it usually comes down to a couple things, right? Like you, you don't hire someone if they're not a good cook, but it's like speed, organization, and, and working with a sense of purpose. Like those are the three things um, that we usually have to like say, okay, this is what we need to, to fix. I don't know. I, I had like a lot of lot of office conversations with Matthew Krenz about this when he mm-hmm. came on as my CDC at, at Asbury because he came in out of the gate like, you know, yelling at people and doing that. And I had to pull him aside and be like, dude, this that's not the kitchen yeah. that we're trying to build here. Right. Um, and look around, 80% of your cooks aren't responding to it. Yeah. So you're not doing anything. Right. All you're doing is like you're venting. adding stress to your life. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're so, just venting on these yeah, people right. and creating a divide. Yeah. So it was the whole like when you figure out what makes people tick, then you figure out, you know, if if they like the carrot or the stick. It's like, right. how, do you, how do you get a donkey to move? You get a donkey to move either with a carrot or a stick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, most people prefer a carrot. Most people like to be led. Sure. You know, they don't like to be, you know, beat from behind. A few people do. Yeah. A few people get off on that. And, 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 what, and how do you handle that? Do you, yeah. do, do you have people like that in your organization now? And and if you do, yeah. how, like, how do you do it? Like, what is it? Is it a, you know... Is it a, is it a, yo, you got to move your ass kind of thing? Or is it like, you know, you're, you're fucking slow, dude. Like pick it up. Yeah. It's more of just like, uh, (laughs) like, okay, let's be real here for a second. Yeah. You have to move. Like yeah. I need you to move, or I need yeah. you to you know clean this shit up, or yeah. like look at your station, man. Like yeah. come on, you know where your backups. Like you're not prepared, or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you just kind of you you can some people who do like that and get off on that. Yeah. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. And then they right. they kick it into high gear. Yep. But eighty percent of people are just like are just like stop. Yeah. Like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know. And it's and it's part of that change in culture as well from old guard to. Mm-hmm. Middle guard to new guard, you know. I think people now realize that they're they're working for someone. It's not necessarily working with someone. They're working for someone. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, you know, I'm gonna sound like old man here for a second, but like the new generation <laughs> kids these days, um, you know, like they they expect to be respected and they should. Yep. They, you know, they come to work, they do their job. They get a paycheck and then they go home and do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And not that's not saying they don't care, but they also aren't going to keep coming to work if they're going to be yelled at for 10 hours a day. Totally. Like, I, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good observation. And obviously, I mean, we're going through it right now, right? There's yeah. this, there's this shift in the industry as a whole. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it came to a head through this whole COVID thing with the yeah. shutdowns mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of um, a lot of people realized how volatile the industry was, yeah. and the people who were the workforce of it um, felt abandoned and yeah. you know not taken care of, not secure, yeah. and decided to you know jump ship. And then you know, which is why we're you know we're kind of figuring out all these new tactics to rebuild right. and how do you know we're doing the whole um, tip the kitchen kind of wage gap thing, trying to figure out right. that part of the puzzle because I think mm-hmm. that's super important. I mean, livable wages is like when I realized when I realized when we were starting to reopen mm-hmm. that we were doing the math. I mean, I've been working for peanuts for so long. <laughs> I'm just like I just expect it. Yeah, like I didn't re- even realize it. But we had, I mean, we were employing people below the livable wage thing for right. since we opened. Yeah. I didn't even know that, like, I never did the calculations to realize that the livable wage is about $25 an hour in the United States. Now, yeah. obviously, each market's a little different. Right. It's probably a little lower here in North Carolina and South Carolina, but, like, right. 
you know, but as an average, $25 an hour to live at the poverty line or just above. Right. And we were employing people way below that. I'm like, how the fuck can I possibly like sleep at night right. knowing that there's people like relying on us that like, you know, we're not even getting them close. Yeah. I mean, we can't. Yeah. Right. And that's how we kind of, that's how that whole thing was born. We had to find a way to get them where we want them to be without us having to subsidize it solely on our own. So we right. split it up. Anyways, that's part of the problem or part of the, the solution, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the other part, I think, and I'd like to hear what you think about this because you kind of just touched on it, is that not everybody in our industry wants to be the chef. Yeah. And not everybody wants to be, you know, the next thing yeah. or, you know, they just, they love food. They love the industry. They love chefs or whatever. Yeah. And they want to be a part of it. Right. Um, and for me, I think the realization of like, okay, I can work with that. Like yeah. I don't, when we first started, I wanted everybody to take over my job. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, everybody yeah. needs to be better than me so that I can do something else. Right. right? And move on. Yeah. And, and I had to realize over time, like, wait a minute, not everybody wants this for themselves. Right. And I have to be okay with that. And there are roles for them. You know, we have to, you know, we have to, Acknowledge that we need to find those positions and we right. need to like make that work because that's the backbone of our future. Yeah. Like making our, our making our industry work for those workers. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was not the way when we were cooking and learning. Right. right? It was like, you know, you're, you're, you're the best or you're nothing or you're out. Right. You're, you're pushing for excellence at all times. Right. Or, you know, go dig a ditch. Right. Sure. For us, like part of my spiel whenever we bring someone on is like, I want, I, I think about like the kitchens, you know, I'm going to mention old guard again, but I think about the kitchens of, of Gene and of, um, which you came up in and Bruce, which mm -hmm. you also came up. Yeah. In, right? Yeah. Like I worked for guys, Gene for like six years and yeah. I worked with Bruce for three, I think. Yeah. So these guys put out some amazing talent, right? Yeah. Like some of like the best talent that the city has yeah. or has had. And, and I was like, at one point, I was like, that's that's who I want to be. I want to be known as, like, the guy who's, like, all this talent's coming out of my kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's really, like, the true measure of success or of a leader or whatever. You know, and, and we still tell people that. Like, I want you to I want you to grow while you're here. I want you to stay with me for a long time. But if you decide in, you know, six months or a year or a year and a half or whatever to take this job because it's better somewhere else, then go for it. Like, yeah. I'm going to push you to do that. Right. You know, but you also realize that there's people who will probably never do that. So how can you, and, and they're a valuable part of your kitchen because they're good cooks, they're good people, whatever. So how do we reward them and how do we help make them grow without pushing them to be a chef someday? Yep. So we, we started like these um, one, five, 10 plans where ask everyone what their, what their 10 year goal is. And then we work backwards. So you got your 10 year goal you set up and then we say, okay, Let's get the halfway point, five years, what do you need to be doing in five years to get to that 10 year? And then let's break it down to a year. And then every year it's like, let's check in and see where we're at on our goal to 10 years. You know, we have guys who, you know, want to start a farm in rural Virginia and maybe have a small restaurant on the farm. We've got, you know, other guys who want to be sous chefs. Like, I'm like, you don't want to be an exec? And they're like, no, I don't. I want to be a sous because I want to be like, in the kitchen on the line all the time. I'm mm -hmm. like, cool, yeah. good deal. Like, <laughs> you know? Sweet, I yeah. need one of those. <laughs> right. I yeah. need a lifer. Yeah. <laughs> You're mine. <laughs> um, you know, and then you have people who are like, I really don't know. Or like, we've got a guy, Goodyear, who he's from Guatemala. He has a nursing degree. He plays seven instruments. He teaches instruments on the side. And I'm like, why aren't you like a nurse or a professor or something? And he's like, well, I got to work on my English a little bit. So we're like, sweet, 
here's uh, here's uh, we're signed you up for ESL classes. Go yeah. work on your English, and then cool. we're gonna go get you a job as a nurse somewhere where you you know yeah. that's your passion, right? right? Like I would hate to lose you because you're a beast of a prep cook, right. but at the same time, you should like, be you, you should, should be, be doing accomplishing your dreams and doing what you want to do. So it's it's just you know figuring out what people's goals are and, and pushing them towards those goals. Awesome. So. When you're onboarding these people, you're yeah. you're you bringing people onto your team. You're mm -hmm. assimilating them. What what is Chris Coleman's role in all this now with this new restaurant coming yeah. out? Like, how much of your time is spent one on one with the new jacks? Right, right. we call them the new jacks yeah. when they're you know like <laughs> are they going to make it? Yeah, right. you got that. Yeah, yeah. You know how much how much of your time is is literally spent with them, yeah. or is it spent you know developing menus, doing admin stuff? You know, I, I do a lot of running around. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's exhausting. Get some yeah. good shoes, buddy. Like, right, get yeah. some good running <laughs> shoes. Um, you know, not and I'm not I'm not with my team as much as I'd right. like to be right now. Yeah. Um, and that's just the reality of where we're at. Yeah. I'm curious where you're at. Are, do you spend a lot of time with them? How much of it's with the new guys? Is it with your chefs? Is right. It, you know. Yeah. So. You know, when we opened Goodyear, I was in the kitchen literally every single hour of every single day that we were open, and you know, they're all the time working with my two sous chefs, but working with individual cooks at the same time. And and I'm also a chef who likes to bounce around in a kitchen. I I don't like standing in one spot. So you know, so I'll just kind of hop down the line, like, oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Do you work the pass, or do you have, or one of your your sous chefs? Yeah, sous chefs, chefs do work the pass. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and I just kind of hop around. Mm -hmm. um, now you know planning old town like starting back in february i removed myself from the kitchen to goodyear house almost completely and just started focusing on menu development recipe development product testing you know getting our our labor model set up for down there and um a lot of the admin stuff that has you know that comes with opening a restaurant mm -hmm. um i've got a, a great partner sean potter who helps with all that too but you know i, I became an office worker for a while, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, and in the last month or so, I've been back in the kitchen, um, but not a good year, really, at Old Town. Like I, I mm -hmm. went to a good year the other day, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've been in the kitchen in a good year in like three weeks. Feels because weird, doesn't it's it? Real weird. You walk in, you're like, this Dude, is my two, space, have, and I don't know what's going yes, on. Yes, we have two new hires that I had not met yet, and it happens and to me all the time. Like, and you know, I was like. Caleb Daniel, nice to meet you guys, yeah. you know. So I'm Chris. <laughs> Thanks for coming <laughs> yeah. to work for us. Um, you know, uh, but that that's the trust with the team, right? You right. Know, we're talking about team yep. big picture here. You know, Tyler and Rocky are running that kitchen, and they're doing a hell of a job, and they have um, adapted their way of thinking and their way of um, training people and hiring people into, like, my mindset. So it's, like, kind of two little – Chris Coleman's almost. I mean, mm -hmm. they're obviously they're their own people, sure, and they have their own styles. But the growth that's happened in those two in the last year has been amazing. To now, I can just, I can back out of the kitchen, and, and Goodyear still runs, you know, as good as it always had, or, or even better. Yeah, honestly, I love that. Way, you know? I love that. <laughs> that happens to me yeah. too. Like I come into my kitchens. Um, it doesn't always happen. Like a lot of times, I'll, I'll go into one of my kitchens, and and I'm and I, you know, I, I see stuff like. That drives me nuts, yeah. you know. I'm like, God damn it, motherfucker! <laughs> you know, and like the Tasmanian devil comes out. Oh, yeah. um, and then, and there's other times where I'll go in and things are just humming along, and yeah. the food coming out is like impeccable, and yeah. I'm just like, damn, like, yeah. you guys don't need, like, you kind of feel like a little hole in your there's heart. You're like, little, you don't yeah, need me anymore. You're a little hurt, like, but <laughs> yeah, like, you guys, are, you guys got this. Yeah. You yeah. know, but but I'm so proud when that happens. Yeah. It's like because it gives you that like, okay, 
I'm in the right place to be yeah. able to do this next yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Like, so, you know, now that we've been, um, you know, kind of training people and stuff down, down in Rock Hill for the last couple of weeks, um, you know, all day yesterday, I was in the kitchen from seven until 1130 last night, you know, seven in the morning, 1130 last night, yeah. like, but working stations, like with yeah. people, I mean, yeah. you know, how are we going to set this up? How yeah. are we going to do like, this? Like, this is how I've envisioned yeah. setting up this station and this station this is how I envision us getting food from here to the past, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Now let's see how it actually works. Yes. <laughs> and so now we got to change things mid shift because how was, how was it? Working. Like, it was great. I mean, lunch, lunch had a few kinks. Dinner is like so solid. smooth. So solid. That's I mean, I'm, I, I'm really, really impressed with the crew we've got down there. The food we're turning out is, is awesome. So nice. um, I'm really excited about that. But I have been able to spend more of that um, in the kitchen time, one-on-one -on -one time with the cooks. Uh, and then, you know, we have our little manager meetings in the morning, and then we have our manager meetings at, at the end of the day, and then we kind of just work with people in between that, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. So. Cool, man. I can't, I can't wait to check that out yeah. for sure. All right, so let's circle back. Sure. to Chris Coleman being the poster child for sure. Charlotte okay. chefs and restaurants. Okay. Yeah. And I want to talk about the minefield mm -hmm. <laughs> of social media yeah. critics, yeah. the media in general. Yeah. It's a much different world today yeah. than it was, you know, when, you know, when I was a cook in New York, you know, it was the food critic. Right. And those were bad. I mean, that's the New York Times food critics were yeah. no joke, right? It when when I first opened Five Church ten years ago, it was the food critic here. Yeah. I think it was Helen Schwab. I Helen think Schwab. It was, yeah, it was the food yeah. critic who I'm gonna have on the podcast. Actually, yeah. I talked to her. Oh, I yeah. talked to her yesterday. She said she'll come on. I'm like, yes, yeah, well, that's gonna be fun. Because I want to ask you about that first. I want to ask you about that. We're gonna we're gonna go yeah, deep. We're gonna go we're deep. Gonna deep. <laughs> Anyways, bring your archives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I was stoked about it. So, so it was food critics, right? Yeah. And then, you know, Yelp started and, yep. the, you know, the Yelp critics and just that whole thing and open table. Yeah. Um, now there's social media. We've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Everybody's got Everyone's a voice, a yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. I want to hear about like what your view is about social media and stuff because we all have to be mindful of it. Yeah. How you like or dislike it, right. how you use it right. or avoid it. And all that kind of stuff. Sure. Negative things, they, they hit me. And I have to like bite my tongue a lot of times to like not lash out, um, you know, more often. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's Thank hard. you for your feedback. Yeah. We'll work on it. You know, mm -hmm. like that's become the norm de rigueur on, on open table. Like, thank yeah. you for your feedback. We'll look into it. And, yeah. Um, how do you do? I, how do I you want to say you have no idea yeah. what you're talking about for X, Y, and Z? Totally. <laughs> well, and so so we started. Um, so the brain trust of this podcast was is eating habits, right? Yep. It's a it's a Twitter feed that we started as a group. Mm -hmm. um, my partner Patrick is kind of uh, like heading it up, and the idea of it was really to like have a vehicle to be able to lash out back <laughs> right. at people and say, "Hey, you know what? Fuck you. This right. is the way things are." Right. And now comment here. Right. Jerk off right. instead of like hitting me up on my personal page and telling right. me what an asshole I am because yeah. you didn't like, you know, because we ruined your day. Right. Because the French onion soup was too crispy. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> like, if that ruined your day, my man, yeah. like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You got big problems. Right. right. <laughs> you know? So, so, you know, and, and that's like, that's really the purpose is to have a, have a, um, an outlet to be able to right. like talk about this stuff because yeah. it is ridiculous and people yeah. don't understand 
you know, what goes into the experiences that they're having. And, yeah. and also so that we have a, we have a place to talk about, you know, this guest entitlement problem that, yeah. that, that has come up. Like I'm over that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, that is not the way, yeah. that's not why I do this. Right. I'm not your servant. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we, you would hope <laughs> it's so funny cause you would, there's a lot of folks who are really excited that restaurants are reopened from the pandemic and stuff and they're supporting restaurants and they're, you know, just grateful to be able to go out again. Then there seems to be this whole other segment of the population that is now trying to make up for, you know, eight months <laughs> yeah. or nine months of not being able to go to a restaurant by just having the worst behavior ever. Yeah, like, yeah. I haven't been able to go to a restaurant in nine months. Yeah. Why are you not waiting on me hand and foot? Right. Like, like it's somehow like, our fault bro. that, that yeah. you know, yeah. the government <laughs> shut down yeah. and there's been a globe. Right. Yeah, totally, you know? totally. Like they're just trying to like, it's like a ton of bad behavior to make up for having to sit at home for nine months. Totally. Like it's, it's, it's bananas, man. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so that's what yeah. this is about, yeah, right? It's like, it let's, is. let's yeah. have it. Let's have a, let's have an opportunity to kind of fight back against yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but that's funny. Anyway. So as far as reviews go, like, so how much weight, um, cause we have a very specific way to, mm -hmm. to weight reviews and yeah. what we look at. And you know, you could, you could tell yeah. by reading, we read, we read all the reviews. Yeah. I, I don't personally, I don't read any of them. That's good. Uh, yeah. I stopped that a long time ago. Cause like. I mean, I was getting reviews where people were like lashing out at me personally about like their experiences. And I was like, yo, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. You know, like I'm not I'm not having that. But 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 we do like we siphon through them, we have a way of looking at them. There's certain sites that are more valuable. So like yeah. Yelp to us is is completely useless. Yeah. Because you don't have to go to a place to leave a review. You don't. You could find somebody you dislike and you could blast them all yes. day long. Yeah. And that's so ridiculous. Right. Like I've got no time for that. Yeah. Open table, we look at very seriously right. because people have to check in yeah. to your restaurant to leave a review. So there are unreasonable people that leave reviews yeah. on there too. Yeah. But it's more likely that at least they had an experience. Yeah. You know, and you could try to figure out what you can do to fix it. Yeah. Um, and then social media, I just kind of like, I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't, I try not to pay yeah. too much attention. Do you have, do you look at things kind of a certain way? Or I'd say wait? we're, you know, we, we read. Uh, and our GM, I don't read them personally because, like you, I'm sure you were reading them at one point and started going crazy. Yep. I mean, opened Asbury, and I was probably checking my phone every like six hours. You for could the become reviews. obsessed, yeah. And it was becoming obsessed. Yeah. And like my wife was like, stop. Yeah. Like, just Dude, it's stop. Just, it's you're food, not man. doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're not doing yourself or your guests or your team any favors by doing that. Right. And obsessing over it. So I, yeah. I did kind of back off. Our GM at Goodyear, um, Megan, reads uh, reviews from uh, Yelp, Open Table, and, and Google. And every Wednesday when we have our management meeting, we just briefly talk about like any of the highs or any of the lows. Yep. Um, and we put a, a lot more weight on Open Table than we do Yelp and, and Google because of the same thing. You can leave a Google review and have never even seen the right. restaurant, yep. let alone eaten there. Yep. You know? um, and we've gotten a couple one stars of like, seems overhyped and it's you know never been there yeah, it seems yeah. overhyped and it's like we've well, never been here man like, yeah why are you like, reviewing me? we've gotten them taken down and yeah, stuff yeah. but um but i mean that's a that's a huge it's a, it's a time suck man like it you guys is. are putting your energy into managing you know yeah. something that you know we don't you, ultimately have any control yeah over. it's so, it's so <laughs> ridiculous um and then you know and then social media we don't kind of have a ton of back and forth with people on social media we post pictures to instagram and share them to facebook and um we actually just started um uh 
we hired someone to do our PR at, at Goodyear House, so I'm not doing that anymore. We had Rachel Sutherland, and then when the pandemic happened, we kind of had to, like, cut that off. And, yep. um, and so I had been running PR for us for a while, <laughs> or, so, or, <laughs> yeah. or really social media more than PR. Yep. But we just started paying someone else to do social media for, for Goodyear, and we'll probably do the same thing at Old Town. Yeah. So I'm not the one dealing with it. But it's really You'll eventually have a team. Yeah, we yeah, have a team yeah. of people do, like doing like doing. Yeah, yeah, that's all they do. But I mean, there's not a ton of back and forth. You know, if we if we get a a bad uh, review or critique or whatever you want to call it on on Facebook or something, we'll we'll reach out to the person individually and see sure. like what's happening or mm -hmm. what's happened and how we can make it better. But you know, luckily, knock on some wood, like those those bad reviews are few and far between right yeah. now. So that's it's helpful. Yeah. You know, but I, I think that's generally the case. I mean, you know, you guys, you guys do a great job. You, you, you put that much effort and thought, um, into the work that you guys do. Yeah. You're, you're putting out an excellent product. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been there yet. I'm trying, but I'm sure, I'm sure that you are. I know your work. I'm yeah. sure it is. Yeah. Um, I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, so there's one more thing sure. I wanted to, to um, talk to you about, and that's, you know, you touched on your values a little bit earlier, and I know that's something that's super important to you. I yeah. think as chefs, I mean, we all have like our little yeah. core values that we, that, you know, our, our rules that we live by yeah. and stuff. I know that your family is super important to yeah. you. Your wife and you got married like super young. You guys have been sweethearts yeah. for a long, long time. time, man. High school. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you were an early dad. Like you had yeah. kids very I wasn't early. an early dad. I was an early husband. Okay. When, um, how, I, how old are you now? I'm 37. Okay. And my son's nine. So okay. All right. 28 ish. Yeah. Uh, I was 28. He was actually born on my birthday, on my 28th birthday. Like, oh, that's awesome. You guys so share the same birthday. That's so cool. It's, it's the best and worst birthday present. I've yeah, ever totally. Had, you know? You're like, like second <laughs> fiddle now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely. You know? So awesome. like I've had lots of uh, pirate themed birthdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. We're to just me. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, family is super important. I mean, family is uh, forever. Yeah, uh, restaurants come and go, jobs come and go. You know, hopefully we're building something um, with our restaurant group that will be long lasting. But you know, I hope to have, you know, my wife and my kids in, in part of my life for the rest of my life. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, sure. Um, so yeah, it is super important. And I mean, I think that you know, in, in terms of values, like personal values, you know, I, I can talk that up to my parents. Like they, you know. Um, we, we were a church-going family, and so we learned about being a good neighbor and, and treating others with kindness and respect and, like, loving others, you know, from a, a really young age. And that's, you know, what I try to, like, pull through now. So that's why I talk about respect and kindness and mercy and grace so much because that's just part of who I am. So, sure. And we try to bleed that over into our company's core values as well. So Cool. Do your partners share those kind of values? They do. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I mean, all, they probably, you guys all have different experiences. We all have and, way different experiences yeah. and we all have way different goals, yeah. which is fine because we come together and make a great team. Sure. Um, but, you know, they're, they're both family guys. You know, AJ has, is married, has two kids. Sean um, is recently married, recently has had his first child. So he softened a little bit. He used to be kind of the party guy. Yeah. And now he's like, kids uh, will do that to you. Well, uh, yeah. Now he's like, the guy's at seven 30. I'm going to kick it home and like see yeah. my you know son for an hour. And I'm like, that's cool, man. Yeah. Go for it. So yeah, no, we share, we share similar values. And how, um, how are you finding the balance for those values? Cause uh, you know, having family that is that important to you, which is yeah. great and awesome. Um, 
you know, in our business yeah. is always is always tough. Yeah. With your new expansion, yeah. I think you're about to find out oh, it, a little bit how that balance is going to be tested. But um, how's that going for you right now? Do you have a kind of a set schedule? Are you do you, you know how do you manage yeah. that? It ebbs and flows. Yeah, I have been very lucky in the past, you know, uh, four or five months or so to kind of really not work a ton of weekends anymore, and um, so I can I can go to little league games or go to dance recitals or whatever. I've got a great team, so they're kind of running the restaurant, and and I can kind of come and go when I when I want, which is really nice. You know, obviously. <laughs> now opening Old you're Town. opening a new spot like, i was there for 16 hours yesterday <laughs> i'm gonna you know once we wrap up here i'll be there a long time today and yeah. then you know for the next you know month month and a half i'll be there every day from probably open to close yep. um taking maybe you know a day off here and there while also trying to like hover a sous chef's vacation and then two weeks of Goodyear house so yep. you know like okay, I, gotta, I gotta be in two places at once I haven't quite figured that one out yet yep. um but <laughs> we you know a, a big part of of the company and, and and what we tell folks is that we realize that this is a job and and that you have a life outside of here and if your life is this job thank you very much we love you and we appreciate you we're still gonna make you go home for two days a week yeah you cannot be here all the time right so you know, I'm working hard so that my sous chefs will have the same opportunities that I do now to take time off for weddings, to take time off, you know, to go to the beach. We just implemented PTO across the board for our employees. Nice. Um, so now our line cooks are getting PTO. We've got our, our beast of a prep cook is out this week, so we're uh, on PTO. So we're divvying up his, his workload, line yeah. cooks, you know, yeah, which yeah. is interesting. Uh-huh. Um, sure. So, but that's that's important, and we tell everyone, like, you, sh- you should have – because you deserve to have a life outside the kitchen. Yeah, um, totally. And you all know that I'm not going to be here, you know, on Sundays. I don't work Sundays. You all know that I'm I'm working very few Saturdays, you know, right now. So when you want some time off or how, how can I adjust your schedule to give you the days off that you want, you know, we'll figure it out. So in terms of me personally, you know, the next month and a half, two months at Old Town's going to be nuts. Uh, but then I will probably fall back into a rhythm where I'm working like a Monday to Friday, occasionally Monday to Saturday schedule, being at whichever restaurant really needs me and kind of split my time between the two as we as we plan number three. So yeah. number three, that was my next question. Yeah. Was, <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, so, we're, so, we're, so so what's next? Right. Yeah, so our, get, get good year or get up. Uh, sorry. Old Town, Old yeah. Town um, on its feet. Yep. Uh, where you want it. Yep. And then, so you've got plans for number three? Yeah. Our goal is five, five and five years. Okay. So, um, we did one in, uh, <laughs> I can tell you that it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, hard. It's hard. <laughs> well, we, we did, um, we did one in, in 2020. Yep. We did one in 2021. Yep. Um, we have plans for a third that, um, that could, you know, we hope to break ground on it by the end of the year. Uh, and it could. It's a it's a two phase restaurant. Okay. There's like an outside thing and then an inside element. Okay. The outside thing could be finished really quickly and we could open up because um, it's gonna have like an outside food service thing. Nice. Um, 
you know, that could open up as early as the spring or summer if we get it right mm-hmm. next year. Do um, you want to share any details about that? Like, uh, where, we haven't got a, yeah, we, is, we it, is it here in Charlotte? It's is in it, Charlotte. Okay. We haven't got it baked quite yet. It'll be in Noda. I mean, we own the property next to Goodyear House. Okay. On that little yellow, like abandoned looking house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the spot. Okay. Um, we haven't got quite figured out what we're going to do there, but gotcha. we do know there's going to be a, an outside um, kitchen kind of element in the mm-hmm. backyard. Uh, and then I like having, I like having spaces close together. Yeah. Like, like the Tempest five church thing in yes. Charleston yeah. is like where it's at, dude. Because so, that's how you get to be in two places at once. Yeah. Like so we had not we had not <laughs> planned to open a restaurant outside of Noda. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were taking that same kind of like approach. Like, okay, we've got Goodyear, we've got the house to the left, and yeah. we've got a long term lease on the house to the right. So let's develop these yeah. properties. Let's create critical mass here. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, there's another property in Noda we've got our eye on that we're kinda of trying to work out a deal with. Um that we would do something there possibly. And then maybe we'll see somewhere else. Rock Hill kind of fell into our lap. So it was a great yeah. space. It's a great location, great lease. Um, yeah, that's what happened with us and LaBelle. Yeah. Like it was just kind of fell in my, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this um, is, this is my jam. Like yeah. I've been wanting to do this concept for a long time. I so think there I will be, there will be more cities that we do because we have kind of broadened our, where are you thinking? Eyes where, a little bit. What, 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 what interests you? Yeah. Well, we, we've got friends in Charleston, mm-hmm. um, who want to do something together on, on Folly or somewhere. Um, we are, my partner, AJ has an office in, um, he's part of, uh, Capstone and Catalyst and it's a large, mm-hmm. um, apartment um, development company. That's, he's the founder and partner in that. He has an office in Nashville. So I'm, I'm just yep. going to follow you. Around, yeah, yeah. really what I'm saying. Awesome, so. man. Yeah, just come on. <laughs> so he wants to do something yeah. in Nashville. Uh, he was there last week and started sending us a bunch of videos of sites that he was visiting. And oh, stuff. yeah. Um, you know, I, I would love to do something in the Asheville area or Boone. Um, I just, I love the mountains. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think Greenville, South Carolina is a great town if you wanted to kind of keep it all. Yeah, like, kind of close local. in the southeast yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So. yeah. Cool, man. Well, that's yeah. super exciting. But yeah, right. I mean, I think rapid expansion is going to be the norm for the next few years. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of where we. So you know, we felt like we were kind of stagnant for a while. I mean, the whole last year with COVID, we didn't know yeah. if we were going to survive it. Yeah. You know, um, so when when it was clear that we were going to survive it, yeah. plus we were getting over that whole litigation nonsense that happened to us yeah. over the course of three years, we were kind of like not doing anything, wondering what was going to happen there. Right. Um, so once we cleared all that up, we were like, okay, we've been. And it's time to go. So we just yeah. started like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we we had been scheming the whole yeah. time to yeah. do it. We just weren't, we we're afraid to do anything yeah. just because we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, if all of it was going to ripped out from under us either by the pandemic or whatever. Yeah. And so now we're just like fired up. <laughs> like we're, awesome. Yeah. Like let's, let's get it done. Yeah. You know, I mean, shit, I'm 46. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be like, okay, I need to get in a stable position where, you know, I can, I can mentor and not have to like bust ass all day. You know what I mean? Cool. Well, that's, that's great. Two last two questions. Sure. One, you run into a 25 year old Chris Coleman on the street. Yeah. Yeah. I need to have the, what what are you going to, what are you going to tell him? What advice do you have for him? Um, it could be whatever. Maybe get out of McMinn's house a little earlier and go work for a couple of other people. First, I loved my time at McGinnis. I was there for a long time. I mean, I, I started there when I was uh, 20, 19, 20, and then worked there until I was like twenty nine. So I was there for a very long time. Wow, um, which is like the lifetime. Yeah, you know, a lifetime in, in this, edition, right? Yeah, um, totally. You know, and and I love I loved my time there. Really, the last two three years, I really kind of came into my own of, of who I am as a chef there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, but I've also had a very 
interesting career trajectory and that I haven't bounced around. I haven't mm-hmm. moved outside of Charlotte. You, know, you haven't worked under a lot of other chefs. I haven't worked around under really any other chefs, yeah. to be honest. Like, yeah, for your whole like, career. I mean, yeah. you've been kind of like figuring it out. Since I was, I mean, I was 21 when I was named exec at McNinch House. Do you so. ever consider doing some stages and going to like check out some other kitchens? And yeah, like, I thought about that. Honestly, just I, dipping you know, in for, for like, you know, five days right. at, at a place and just seeing yeah. how they do seeing it. how other people do it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's something that I would love to do once we settle down a smidge and just kind of go work in this kitchen and that kitchen and see what people are doing. So that's at, at, if I was talking to my 25 year old self, it would have been like, Hey, let's like, I know that things are good for you at McNinch, but maybe, you know, go see what, get some other experience or go see, you know, go see what these guys are doing and, um, and work with them and get some more experience. Just not because I'm unhappy with where I'm at now at all. Everything that I've done has led me to this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but more just to broaden that kind of worldview, yeah. to broaden that, that sure. kitchen view. So Good one. I like it. That's interesting. I want to circle back on that on the, like a follow-up yeah. down the road. I want <laughs> sure. to talk about all that because I, I knew that and I had kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. But that's, you know, it raises a whole lot of questions mm-hmm. about like, you know, the trajectory and, yeah. and, and your experience. That's, that's cool. And the last thing is, who, who do you think I should interview next for this series of podcasts? Who do you think has a good, a good insight, you know, into the industry? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be about food or restaurants. It could be about just, you know, the a- anything that has to do with the the back out of sight view of the culinary slash hospitality. Okay, I mean, there's there's the I think the obvious one. I think Greg Collier's. I mean, he's exploding right now, and he's got such an interesting story of who he is and how he kind of came up and he's kind of the face of a movement right now, which is really, really inspiring. Mm-hmm. There's like sous chefs, sous chefs don't get enough recognition. Mm-hmm. So like Will Underwood, who's running, I know you just had Mike yep. on, but Will Underwood, who's running from Vana and, yep. you know, Tyler and Rocky from Goodyear, I think. And I hope that they're with me for a very long time. We have plans to kind of, make them either co-execs at Goodyear or one an exec at Goodyear, one running another concept. Um, but they're going to be household names in, in two or three years. Um, cool. The way that, you know, you and I are, I hope. So, awesome. um, yeah. All right. I'll hit them up for sure. Yeah. If you'll let me. Of course. I'll have to take them out of the kitchen for <laughs> for fine. an hour. I can bring stuff over there. can run it. Okay. We're good. <laughs> good. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. I know you got to get back to your, uh, your new spot. Yeah. Good luck with everything, and I'll Appreciate talk to you soon. It. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks, buddy.